Welcome to the Jersey Arts Podcast. I'm Susan Wallner. The characters in Proof, the play by David Auburn, are a genius mathematician professor, his daughters, and one of his students. The plot revolves around a mathematical proof that is found after the professor's death. Proof premiered in 2000, and in 2001 it won both the Pulitzer Prize for Drama and the Tony Award for Best Play. Now the McCarter Theatre is opening their 2013-14 season with the play, and artistic director Emily Mann is directing it. She's here with me today to talk about the new production, which opens on Thursday, September 12th. Welcome, Emily. Nice to be here, Susan. You've said, and I'm quoting, we never just do a play, there has to be a high-stakes reason. And I was wondering, what is the high-stakes reason for doing Proof? I adore it. That's the high-stakes reason. I mean, I I think that one of the things that marks certainly my career, but also um, what McCarter is all about, is that, you know, we don't do things unless we're absolutely passionate about them. If I love a piece and I really need to direct it or I really think it would be something that our community would love, then, you know, that's why it's there. Um, and that's how I feel about this play. It is, it is such a good play. And... I always loved it from the moment it, it premiered, but um, now working on it, it's just, it keeps on giving these incredible riches. It is an actor's dream come true, and a director's as well. And it also as a writer, a fellow writer, the the uh, playwright David Auburn was with us in the room yesterday and saw our run-through for the first time, and I'm so happy to say that he adored it. Um, but I was able to tell him that as a fellow writer, um, I just admire his play more and more every day I work on it because it's bottomless how deep you can go with it. And that's really, to me, um, the hallmark of a great play, how deep you can go with actors. And we could work on this for, you know, months and months more. We just, you know, keep finding more gold. Sometimes I think that, well, plays, but music and many other things are really meant for the people who are in them. <laughs> because there's there's just like that depth of familiarity that yields so much that yes. it's hard to get from just viewing a single performance. That's right. And yet, if you view that single performance and you're deeply affected, it's because the people who have created it have that experience. And I hope that's what will happen this time. I mean, that the people who've come into the run-through so far from um, the staff and, 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 and friends at the theater are so moved, and they're laughing and they're crying. I mean, it's just, it has incredible impact, I think partly because we as a company have this just great chemistry and love this play so much. It's about a mathematician. It has um, kind of an odd little story. Mm. What is it that makes it so emotionally meaningful to you? Much of what makes it so emotionally meaningful is not on the math level. It's on the family level. It's such um, strongly, the four strong, strong characters, quite unique and, and very believable. And the father-daughter relationship is so deep and so powerful. And I don't want to give away any of the surprises in the play, because there are many and and um, yet I can say that what is so moving is that father-daughter relationship. And then what's so amusing, of course, is also the father-daughter relationship and the, the love affair and the sisters. The sisters are a great, great creation by the author. And we have two fabulous actresses having a blast with it. Funny and accurate and, you know, 
I am a I have an older sister as well, and I recognize the whole dynamic is just perfectly, perfectly captured. So you yourself have some kind of unusual connections with this play, just in terms of plot. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, uh, very clearly, it's about a University of Chicago professor and his daughters, and my father was a University of Chicago professor with two daughters, and so we just start there, you know. Um, so I know the milieu, I know the relationships, I know the location, I know all of the, you know, details of that world so well, because I've lived it. Did it strike you as believable when you saw it? Was Absolutely. it like recognizing it? So recognizable. In fact, I went with my sister to the premiere, and because I'm a Tony voter, I was in the third row center. And we sat down and we looked at the set and went, God, that looks so familiar. I think it's Hyde Park. And we'd forgotten or I had forgotten totally what the play was about, and then we realized, oh my God, that looks just like a house on Ellis Avenue. And I remembered that when John Lee Beatty got the gig to design the Broadway production, he called me and he said, you lived in Hyde Park, right? Your father went, you know, taught at U of C, right? And I said, yes. He said, everyone tells me that the architecture is just so specific. I said, oh God, yes, it is. And he said, well, can you help me with that? I said, yeah, a friend of mine's mother wrote a book on Hyde Park houses, and I sent it to him. And we sat down, and there it was on the stage. (laughs) And so it was amazing to see that show with my sister. And I didn't know what the plot was, and I didn't know what the characters were, and we were both just blown away. So... I've had that sort of unique connection with that play from the very beginning. Now, there's a lot of math in the play, too, or at least uh, there's talk of a lot of math in the play. There's talk of a lot of math in the play, yes. Was that something that you felt you had to uh, brush up on a bit? Uh, Well, not to see it. When I saw it, I didn't feel like I needed any more math than I had. But to direct it, yes, I've learned an enormous amount. One thing is that how badly educated I was in math. I mean, I hated math. I was bad at it. I was great through long division. I even did okay in algebra, but then I couldn't do geometry. I couldn't really do trig. I mean, it was just like pathetic, right? Um, But once I started looking at what abstract math is and what great math is, it's like poetry. If I had been taught, and I realized now that there was a, a class in college I should have taken, which was physics for poets, it was called, and I should have taken it and didn't because I was scared of it. And I thought, well, I don't know math. But once I started looking at the documentaries on the lives of um, mathematicians and physicists and, and you know scientists, the, the manner in which they think is a lot like how artists think and creative people think. And so suddenly it became, I mean, certainly I don't have the brains the kind of brain that could do abstract or serious math. But I've come to not only admire it, but I feel when they start discussing these ideas that I can follow the ideas because it's about ideas. It's not about numbers. It's not necessarily, it's not arithmetic. It's not the math that we were taught in grade school and high school. It's on another level. And that level actually is accessible to people who like to think about ideas. So that was a revelation for me and uh, an exciting one. In fact, when I think of um, couples I know, like good friends in town, the Ostrikers, Jerry and Alicia Ostriker, she's a poet and he's an astrophysicist. And they admire and understand each other because they have similar ways of creating. They both wake up in the middle of the night with an idea. 
and they understand it. You know what I mean? It's, it's very interesting. So I learned a lot. But you don't need, I mean, in terms of accessibility of the play, you don't need to know any math at all. The world of mathematics, higher, higher mathematics, higher mathematics yeah. is sort of notoriously dominated by males. Oh, yes. And in this play, it's a daughter who maybe or maybe doesn't have her father's math ability. Right. And I'm just, I just found that really interesting. I love that, <laughs> yes. It's so interesting because also, you know, go back, she does some history on that as well, um, where she talks about Sophie Germain, you know, 18th century during the French Revolution, there was this girl who wasn't allowed to be educated, so she posed as a boy, a man, and wrote letters to the great mathematicians of the day with her ideas, and, and because she was a man, she was listened to, and she actually made a big breakthrough in math. Um, so yeah, I think it's wonderful that David Auburn is attuned to that and that he brought out, you know, the whole issue of, of women in mathematics. Um, that's true in the sciences as well. But as we know, having had the great Shirley Tillman um, as, you know, president of Princeton was also a great scientist in her own right, it it is possible and must be encouraged. And so it's, I, I think it's wonderful because I hope a lot of young people will come and, and some girls will see that they can, they can do this. So there are all these different interesting kind of ideas going yes. on in this play. Yes. Was there something that really surprised you? You were familiar with the play and you obviously read it again to choose mm -hmm. it for the season. Was there mm -hmm. something that really took you by surprise during rehearsal? I think what I told you about how accessible higher math can be when mm -hmm. properly described yes. Yes. Um, and the big ideas and how thrilling um, the way they think and talk about it is, the passion that they have for it, um, and how badly taught we all are um, about what math really is. Um, that was the biggest revelation. But in terms of the play, I think the richness of the characters and the relationships of each one of them, that it really is a four- person play. It was, I think, in the um, Broadway premiere, very much uh, Mary Louise Parker's play, and it was like a star. It became looked at in the biz as a kind of star vehicle, and in fact, all four parts are astoundingly good. And that's the mark, I think, of also a, a, a terrific play. Um, so that was a surprise also, how all four roles. It's, it's an ensemble. How does this fit into the season? You're starting the season with it, and I, I know you have a very uh, diverse set of works that yes. you're doing this year. How are you? Tell us a little bit about the season. What oh, we can God, expect. it's such an exciting season because of the variety, I think. I mean, we always strive for variety, but this one is particularly um, various and very, very accessible, um, which is something that I've been really working towards because I don't want people to think that things are too hard for them at this theater. And I know we've had a couple of very challenging seasons, and I want to just sort of take the onus off of that, saying this is all, <laughs> you can do it. Um, and because, you know, Proof is such a popular play, people love the play, and people who saw it 13 years ago want to come back and see it again. I mean, that's really exciting. Then there's this, uh, this gorgeous, the next thing up is Mary Zimmerman's White Snake. And Mary is the woman, who, we were a home theater for her, you, the Odyssey was here, Secret in the Rings. Um, but a lot of people remember her for the Tony Award she won for Metamorphosis. Or they might have seen her most recent work at the Met, the Metropolitan Opera. She's just a visionary director. And this is a 
gorgeous um, Chinese love story. And her hallmark or her, her signature is the visual magic that she makes on the stage. And this is one of the most stunning pieces I've ever seen. Then Felicia Rashad, um, some of you may remember her from The Cosby Show, um, uh, Bill's wife, or you might remember her if you came to see Gem of the Ocean here. She was played Aunt Esther, um, and she's one of the great, great first ladies of the American stage. Um, most people know her as an actress, but she is now a director. And she's one of the master interpreters of August Wilson. So she's coming with Fences, which is, I think, one of August's greatest plays, you know, about... Um, it's, a, it's a family drama again, but it is a man. The father is someone who was one of the great, great black ball players, and he never was able to get out of the Negro Leagues. And then... My dear friend and colleague Stephen Wadsworth is coming back to us um, to do uh, the Figaro plays. They're funny, funny, funny social comedies, and they also have a political wallop in them, but they're f very, very beautifully written. They, it's The Barber of Seville and The Marriage of Figaro. Both of those plays um, were made into the great operas that you might have heard of, but the plays themselves are witty and funny and smart. You're going to be able to see both of them apparently yes, at yes. the same day? You can if you want to. Yeah, you can watch these same characters go through this one after another, like a series, you know. Um, but you can see them on separate nights too if you want to. But they are the same characters going, you know, through time. Um, and you watch them develop just as if you're watching Homeland, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can even do it all at once. You just can like do it all at once. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Thank you so much, Emily. Oh, pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you have to go into rehearsal now. I do. Proof opens in previews on September 6th and runs through October 6th at the McCarter Theatre in Princeton. For tickets, visit mccarter.org. For more about all of the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Wallner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.